Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. You are listening to episode 112. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm bringing us in today. Um, Evan is not here with us for this last episode of 2021. Um, he's working on a project with his dad, and he told me he was cooking some dinner, so he's taking the day off. But I have filled his seat in with a reoccurring guest. Uh, my brother Zach is back. He's on break from school. Um, Zach, thanks for taking the time to come on here again and uh, give us your insight on what you thought on these games. I had no problem. I think we know your name by now. You said episode 112. You were sounded shocked by that. Um, I what? think the, the fans know you as Matt now. I would hope they do. Yeah, well, you always got to say it like it's somebody's listening for the first time. You never know. So, and plus, I get you. I get you. And plus, I don't normally bring us in. Evan always brings us in. He'll be like, and my my uh, faithful co-host or my co-host Matt. He'll be something on those lines. But gotcha. Yeah. So we have seven games here from game week twenty to recap, and then game week twenty one. Um, this upcoming weekend, we have, I believe, eight at the moment who have already been postponed. So we're gonna go from there. Probably one or two will get postponed after we make our predictions, like it's been every week. But um. Yeah, let's just hop right into this and the recap here. First game on our list, oh, before we even get into that, I should say our records. Uh, another piss poor week for me. I went 2-5, and five, uh, and Evan went reasonably, he went 3-4. and four. So um, ever since that scorcher of a week, 7-2 and two for both of us, it's been downhill. So, um, Did you find my record from what I was on last time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to make your picks again today with eight games, but you're, you have the best percentage right now. Your record is 6-3. Um, and three. Uh, Evans is eight, Evans is eighty nine and ninety four, and mine is eighty six and ninety seven. So, um, not as big as a sample size with your games, but uh, we're gonna, gonna add, we're gonna add more this week, and we're gonna see if that week you did was a fluke. I'm gonna prove that it wasn't. All right, so I'm confident. You, you get eight games to pick, so five would be reasonable in my opinion. Um, here we go. Anyway, into the recap. Crystal Palace 3, Norwich nil. Now, I already texted Evan about this game. Um, I picked Norwich. If Zach, if you didn't listen to Laxby's episode, I thought they had a chance here with Vieira being out. Um, surprisingly, there was no Gallagher. Zaha was on suspension. So I thought maybe this would be their chance to earn points. Uh, Looking at the stats on paper, it seems like it was fairly even. It wasn't the case. I mean, eight minutes in, we have uh, Odson Edward, man of the match here, with a penalty, um, and then assisting goals to Mateta and Schlup. It was 3-0 at the half, and that's how the game went. Um, All first half, second half, you didn't have to watch. A very depleted Palace team up front. No Benteke, no Zaha, no Gallagher. Those have been their main guys scoring. Um so they, had, I was really surprised, but they went back with their normal back line with um, Gway and Anderson, uh, no more Tompkins, and um, Joe Ward and, and Mitchell on the flanks. So, as well as no Jack Butler and Guaita was back in there. So a normal back five, which really helped them. On the other end, no Timo Puki, no Josh Sargent, Billy Gilmore in there, um, no Grant Hanley. He's out. He's been their captain. Um, as well as no Tim Cruel. So a very rested team for both sides, and it showed that Norwich are just destined to probably finish with the least amount of points in a Premier League, if I had to say. Yeah, um, I just checked the, their recent form. They Coming into this, they had four goalless losses, and this added as a fifth goalless loss. They played Spurs, United, Villa, Arsenal, Palace, and put no goals up against any of them. 
Yeah, and it's really shocking because they have more wins than Burnley and Norwich, or Burnley and Newcastle. They have one more than both of them, um, which is sad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to add about this. What have you been thinking about this Palace side as of recently? Um, they came out hot, um, and now it's kind of like they're taking a little bit of a slump back into um, that position where they are, 11 to 14th. Seems like vintage Palace to me, almost uh, Arsenal-esque. I'm looking at their form. It's very colorful with uh, green, gray, and red representing their wins, draws, and losses all over the board. So I'd say pretty wishy-washy. They have a decent mix of players in there, but consistency is their issue. They are consistently inconsistent is the best way I would put it. Yeah, and it shows. Um, I don't know if you heard one of our episodes. I keep track of each individual's team's um, picks that we make. So, like, Palace is my second worst team I pick. Uh, I'm 5-14 I'm and 14 picking Palace games. Yeah. Um, West Ham's my worst. I'm 4-15. and 15. Um, I literally don't understand how, what goes on in my head with them. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I never know what to expect from them, clearly. Um Norwich, on the other hand, I'm about like a little over 500, and usually it, all those 10 wins I predicted are them losing. Um, another one I got wrong. We move on. Southampton won. Spurs won. Spurs should have won this game. Um, we, we had a red card in this match to um, Salisu. He was double yellow uh, late in the first half. So the whole second half, Spurs controlled the game, dominated chances, um, there was a VAR decision ruling Harry Kane's second goal um, off very, by a little a sliver. It's, it was, by the naked eye, you could not tell if he was off. Um, it was pretty cruel, uh, but he did score a penalty in the beginning, and James Ward-Prowse opened the scoring and made it look like um, Southampton were going to control this game, but Salisu changed it here. Um, what do you think of Tottenham here under Antonio Conte as of lately? They're unbeaten in seven games, all under him. Do you think it's um, sooner or later somebody's going to crack this, or do you think this is the Antonio Conte effect with a, a Tottenham side that normally doesn't really have high energy, and now they're all over the field? This is probably how it's going to be for the rest of the season, I think. <clears throat> I usually have a manager come in like Conte of his caliber. He's going to lock down the team and have them conform to his style, and it seems like they're going to finish out the year with that and hopefully shoot for top four as Tottenham it always shoot for and the unbeaten in their last five here yeah I good mean, solid results in there yeah shooting for top four is definitely the goal for them i mean this match in particular really hurt their chances um a very great a great definitely. opportunity playing 10 men um and dropping points there they still have two games in hand um over most of the teams above them and they have three in hand over chelsea and city but those guys are way too far ahead currently um but yeah, Southampton on the other hand, great point for them. Um, they're earning earning harder. They're earning points where it matters um, in situations where it looks like they shouldn't, and it's yeah, keeping, they like it's keeping sorry, them afloat. They like shaking things up with the top top six teams. I remember in recent seasons they've held City to some tough draws as well. Yeah, them and them and Brighton are on similar paths right now, where they don't win very many games, but they're competitive in just about yeah. all of them. That's what keeps them up in the end. Uh, we move on to a game that wasn't very competitive now. We have West Ham 4, Watford 1. Now, early on, we saw uh, King Dennis up front score another goal um, for Watford, which I believe puts in a total of, I think, eight or nine goals on the year. 
I see eight goals here. Yeah, eight so goals, five assists, it, 16. It, it, I thought Watford was going to um, sink West Ham here again for a second week in a row, but West Ham came out, um, sunk their teeth into the game, and Suchek, for the first time in a very long time, after his great year last year with double-digit goal season, now scores, I believe, only his second of the campaign, followed by Ben Rama, Mark Noble, who filled in for Declan Rice on suspension on a penalty, and then new signing Velasic, um, from the Russian league, got scored in the 92nd minute. Um, West Ham back in winning ways here. Um, I took a draw. I thought Watford's attack would be more proficient here and more clinical, but it wasn't to be. They only had about uh, five shots on target, which is a good amount um, to West Ham six, but it, um, their, their defense just couldn't hold up, and that's how it's been all year. Um, they have probably top three weakest defenses in the league. Um, regardless of goals against, I believe on paper, they have one of the worst defensive teams. Um, and then attacking, they just don't have enough. Sar's been out for a very long time now. It's shown that right wing position is very vacant with, um, whether it's, Cuc- it's uh, Hernandez, Cuco Hernandez, or they fill in somebody else there. Um, it's just not the same. Josh King doesn't perform at that level like Dennis. So they don't really have many options. Uh, West Ham on the other hand here, great result, couple key guys out. Still get the job done over a team that they were superior. They should be beating just like this, and were the superior team. Um, is West Ham a serious top four contender in your eyes, Zach? If they keep their shit together, yes. Yeah, because the last three games before this win, they they had two losses, two defeats, and a draw. Got um, one over Chelsea in their la- in their last five games. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it's like they? In your eyes, we were talking about this a few weeks ago, on and off. Um, have we given them too much credit too soon, thinking they're one of these top tier clubs, or like, or have they not earned that that title, that respect yet? Do they need a couple years of consistently finishing a top six position to earn that? They either need a couple years of it, or they need a Leicester City year where they absolutely pop off. I don't think it, I think it's very hard to gain the respect as a, a top team in the Premier League unless you're you have a one-off great season like Leicester did. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, a lot of people have their mid-season awards right now. This is the time of year you do that. Um, a lot of people have David Moyes as their manager of the year. I'd um, rate him up there for what he's done currently. I mean, obviously Pep's an easy answer. Um, a year again, um, but yeah, David Moyes is definitely in their top three. I'd, I'd vote for Moyes if I had uh, a vote to give. Mm-hmm. Okay. We move on to the last match on the Tuesday card. Uh, it was the biggest upset of the weekend, probably. Leicester City won. Liverpool nil. Leicester City coming off a 6-3 thrashing to Man City. Hold their own against a very a dangerous Liverpool team and hold them to zero goals, which is a very rare thing to see, I believe. Liverpool scored in 53 straight competition or three 53 straight games in all competitions, yep. and Leicester cut that record there uh, with an Adamola Adom, Lookman. I, I twist my words. Adamola. Yeah, Adamola Lookman. Thank you. Former Everton man. Yep. On loan here. Taking the words out of my mouth. Yes, he's a former Evertonian. He gets the winner here with the only registered shot on target for Leicester. Um, you made a great point before we started recording. Well, say that again about this Liverpool match. What do you thought of it? I thought this was Brendan Rodgers outmanaging Jurgen Klopp. I could tell from watching it after after 
after Lookman, I mean, it was uh, managerial excellence from from Braj because he put in the two subs, and uh, I believe Dewsbury Hall came in for him on the assist there. He played a nice give and go with Lookman. He was in on goal, um, created the space for himself, and and put the ball in the back of the net. After that, they locked it down and had this Liverpool team really where they wanted them. Yeah, right, I mean, right, right by the balls, if you will. Absolutely, and Leicester did this with probably half their or almost all their defenders out of this game, either sick or hurt. Also, before you continue on, Peter Schmeichel played out of his mind, made Ka- some Kasper. great saves this game. Kasper. Or uh, Kasper Schmeichel. Peter. Very Peter Schmeichel-esque, played like his dad. A lot of great saves. Yeah, he's the oldest player on the team at the age of 35, I believe, but both his center backs don't normally play as a central defender. They, they're normally holding mids, Amarty and, and Didi. Um, right. They really put in a shift because Evans, Suyenchu are all out. Vestergaard was on the bench here, not fit. Um, and the other half of their bench were all youngsters with no experience whatsoever. So um, coming up with that game plan uh, and it coming to fruition was really nice to see. Um, Leicester did this early in the year against Man United, where a lot of people thought they were going to get run over. Man United was coming in hot that time of the year, uh, and they held their own. So they're kind of stabling in the table. They sit ninth with a game in hand, one or two games in hand above te- with teams above them. Um, and they're in a good position to pounce on like that top six area if they really hold their own. But uh, like a lot of teams up there and throughout the league, they are dealing with a lot of injury issues, and that doesn't even count COVID-19 problems. So um, Jamie Vardy did pull up um, with a ham- slight hamstring injury, so he's still not fully at 100% yet. Um, he's still battling that. So Ian Ocho and Daka really have to pick up the slack. James Madison did well here. Um, coming off of a nice performance against Man City. Liverpool's end, they are nine points behind Man City with a game in hand. Um, is it over for them, Zach? Are they just chasing for second now? I hate to say it, but I think so. I think City has really got the pace locked in, and they're just going to run away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see City crackling. Because when it comes to goals for, they're only one behind Man City. And goals against, they've only given up four more. Um, but you know, the main stat that comes up to me is they have three more draws than Man City. So when push comes to shove in these very tight games, they're not clinical be a enough. Closer. Yeah, they're not clinical enough. We saw it this weekend with another with Man City's one to win over Brentford. We'll get to it in a minute. Um, a very tight contested game, but they just have enough to earn earn the W and the three points. Um, and that's a champion's mentality right there. You get it done no matter what, if it's if it's um, classy or a, a scrappy match. So it wasn't Liverpool's day, like you said, that I think was well said. It was Brendan Rodgers knew this team in and out, um, more of the club even, and um, just knew how to fix it uh, and get the job done with a depleted Leicester side. So good on him. We moved to a very fresh... That wraps up Tuesday. Yep, we moved to the Wednesday window with two matches here. Very frustrating. Chelsea won, Brighton won. Um, if we're going to be a hundred percent, like keeping a stack with you guys, Brighton deserved um, a minimum of a point here in this game. They worked their butts off. Um, yeah, they they fully deserved it more than Chelsea did. Chelsea early on get a nice Lukaku goal um, off a corner kick, nice little header. Um, Lukaku early on looked dominant. Dan Burns was man-marking him the entire time because he's the only man back there who stood a chance on him. Um, and he made, he made it very hard for Lukaku to get anything going. But He's all over him, the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the tide started turning in the match. Um, turnovers kept coming from uh, Chelsea. Reese James got hurt. He's going to be hey. out for a little bit now. So even another injury. We got the news Ben Chilwell is going to be out for the year. He's going to get surgery on his partially torn ACL. Um, I had to use two subs in the first half there. That hindered two, some of Tuchel's plans probably. Yeah, as well as Christensen. He came off. So Chaloba had to come in. So um, it's it's very tough because... Tuchel's come out. He's he's been um, asked if they're if the title race is still on, and he says, "I don't understand how anybody can think we are still title contenders with half the squad either out with COVID or dealing with long term injuries. It just doesn't um, logically make sense." And I agree with him. I think if you want to be a hundred percent realistic, we don't have the depth at this point to keep up with Man City because Man City are one of the very few teams this year that haven't had major COVID issues or major injury crisis yet. So um, it's weird how they always just know how to keep the, the ship together. They don't have anybody going out of their way um, against the, the the lay of the land. Um, recently we saw Foden and I think Grealish maybe have a little bit of an issue. They went out or something with COVID against protocols. Um but still, they're fine. So it's very frustrating as a Chelsea fan here, and I'm sure um, if you guys are Liverpool fans, how it just um, it's just going every everything's going in Man City's way there. Um, but yeah, this game specifically, Brighton made it very hard. They played their normal ball, um, very possession heavy, very few chances um, on target. Chelsea made it pretty easy, and there wasn't very few. Th- they never played the ball over the top. Everything was in front of Chelsea. Um, and it took a substitution of Danny Welbeck in the 80th minute. And well, I, Yeah, Zach, you want to say what you thought as soon as he, you saw him come in? As soon as well, they needed a finisher. Brighton was lacking a true finisher that game. They hardly had any shots on target. The only man lighting up was Lamptey. And he came off at the 60th minute. Yeah, you weren't, So Welbeck came on. You weren't a fan and, of that substitution either. No, I think Lamptey deserves to play the full 90. He works his, he works his ass off for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, Welbeck came on in the last 10. I said they need to force the ball to him and he'll make something happen. He got one cross from Cucurella right on his head, jumped over Chalaba and put it in the back of the net. He's, dude's a clinical finisher. Can't take that away from him. Yes. And did it on 1-1, got the point. It was a great striker's goal. Um, literally, his only shot of the match uh, went in perfectly. It was. It was he only had two or three uh, efforts on the ball, and that was his only offensive effort. Yeah, it, uh, you couldn't have written the script better there. Um, but yeah, Brighton get another draw. Uh, king of the draw, like Southampton this year, both win nine draws. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's very frustrating. I'm just kind of fuming about it still I was pissed after the game and it's a similar situation to that Liverpool question it's like the the season's kind of over now you're not really playing to win the title obviously you're gonna take a, every week as it comes but big, I just big, like big picture that, you gotta add you gotta focus on yeah, the Champions League I just like to add that I think Tuchel's public frustration just builds over into the locker room I think the entire team feels that I mean, you have the controversy with Lukaku, uh, frustrated about his his time at Chelsea now, and if he goes, I don't know how this Chelsea team is going to look or end up because he was very valuable to them in this game. Yeah, he's come out and he's rebuttaled to Tuchel's comments, and um, he's not planning to leave this winter. But 
right. I think long term, next two I to just, three years, he's going to leave. I just think the, he the says, team morale isn't very high at this point. Yeah, he said he, he'll eventually want to return to Inter Milan in some fashion because he loved his time there. And um, he said back in 2020, he got an offer from Man City um, to come there. And it was a better offer than what Chelsea offered currently. And he declined because he wanted to spend more time in Inter. It was only after his first year at, at Inter. Um, so who would who would who knows what would have happened if Lukaku went to Man City last I mean, year? I'd um, like to believe he declined because if he makes any return to Manchester at all, it would be back in red. Yeah, that'd be crazy if that happened. But um, yeah, morale. I agree. The the morale is definitely low um, at this point, and it's not going to get better because. Um, we have a huge match on Sunday against Liverpool. Liverpool. Um, yep. I would say the two most struggling top te- well, uh, I'm not counting United as a struggling top team. They're more mid-table at this point for me. But Chelsea-Liverpool, that'll be an interesting result. I, I have a feeling, well, we'll get to it with the predictions. Yeah. I, I have a feeling about that game, though. Yeah, well, it's a rematch. Um, Chelsea went down to 10 men, Reese James handball on the goal line. Mo Salah puts a penalty in, and eventually it's a tie, but we never saw a true match between the two teams, and now we're getting a side, um, a depleted Chelsea side. A lot of guys are going to be out. We're going to be thin at wing back. I'm sure Pulisic is going to make a return at right wing back and get exposed by Mane um, like he did against Brighton. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Got two more games to recap here, first of all. Yeah, I wanted to move on. I was just rambling on and on. Um, You're good. Man City won, Brighton nil. Uh, a champion's win. Dominated possession, but when it came to the shots, Man City only had three on target to Brighton's two, or Brentford, excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, I said this last week when we were predicting. I said Brentford this year have done very well against big teams, whether it's regardless of the result, they performed well. Um, beating West Ham, drawing Chelsea, should or losing to Chelsea, they should have won the game. Um, and um, beating Arsenal as well, so and drawing Liverpool that three three thriller, probably one of the one of the nominees for games of the season. Phil Foden gets the lone goal here. Um, we get another yep. mixture of Man City threats up front. This time you have Jesus, Grealish, and Foden up front with Fernandinho, De Bruyne, and Bernardo Silva in behind. Um, Nathan Ake comes in for uh, Zinchenko. And the other back four, the same as usual in Laporte, Diaz, Ederson, and João Cancelo. Man City didn't even make a single sub in this match, so they were that confident. Damn. Brentford here did their very best. Um, First I mean, 15 minutes, they had some great opportunities, and then that Foden goal just ruined all their momentum. Yeah, and we said last week the way to that you're going to have to beat City is you're going to have to score first, because once you go behind, it's... Um, they tried. It's a different mentality. It's you have to play differently. Where if you score first, then you could just put the clamps on and do your best to hold them out, like Leicester did against Liverpool. That's the ideal way to beat these types of teams: is get up early and just pack the fuck out of the ball uh, yep. and play counter. So I looked at City's last five games; they've scored nineteen in their last five. Mm-hmm. That just shows how scary they are. Yeah, Brentford now sit fourteenth, um, nine points below the drop, um, minus Love four. The drop. Back- Minus four. Oh, yes, excuse me. Um, negative four goal differential. Like, they're having a reasonable year for a newly promoted team. I mean, compared to what how they started, you would have thought they would have been a top ten team. But now it's like, 
they're slowly falling into that relegation scrap. So, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of ball left to be played. Um, what do you think of Brentford so far? We're at the midway point. Um, do you think they'll they'll climb up the table a little bit, or do you think like that 13 to 16 range is right where they should be? I think they're going to finish 13 to 16. Um, they just need some big results if they want to move up at all. They've I mean, got I mean, Ivan Villa, Sally coming up. Yeah, I mean, Ivan Tooney scored 31 goals from last year, and yeah. I believe he's only scored three this year, three to four. So I think that's a big um, problem in the equation right now for them. They just need some big, big results to give them that confidence, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. It's just this... I'd say one nil to City is respectable because they City had to lock it down. They were they were a bit nervous in the first half. Yeah, it was a I very, thought it was a very cagey affair. Um, we move on to big result here for Man United three over Burnley with one very open first half here. Four goals, all of them, all of them in the game in the first half. Scott Scotty McTominay opened in the goal. Goal scoring with uh, eighth minute screamer finesse, stealing the ball from Ronaldo. Probably the boldest thing you can do um, besides poking a, a line with a stick. Uh, the only reason Ronaldo didn't get on him for it was because he scored. And uh, he, he was getting pissed. Um, eventually, Jane Sancho gets a threaded through ball from Luke Shaw after some bumper ball cheese uh, bouncing around Burnley players and eventually coming to Luke Shaw. Um, Sancho scores. Eventually, it's ruled an own goal on Ben Mee. Um, and then Ronaldo eventually got on the score sheet with a rebound goal. Um, so very FIFA-esque game here. Uh, and then on the other end, Aaron Lennon, uh, a, a blast from the past there, gets on the score sheet with a nice little individual goal, um, being on- Burnley's only real chance in the match. Um, and the second half was pretty pretty tame as well. Uh, De Gea is standing on his head. Um, do you think De Gea is still... Like top three goalies in the world because I do this guy. Everybody, he's probably one of the most trashed on goalies out there, and he he is still like top class. Dave saves man when 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 they need him most, he comes in clutch. I mean, he's had some howlers in the past. I won't lie, but he he is a clutch goalkeeper. Because now it's everybody's talking about Ederson, Allison, Ramsdale, Bendy. This guy is still up. Yeah, he's been in the league longer than all those guys. I know he joined in 2011. That was he's 10 years now in the league for Man United. So he's a uh, he's he, tenured. He is. He's he's class. Um, Cavani getting the start up front with Ronaldo. No Rashford here. Um, no Fred. Big big sign right there and why they won. Um, and then Varane off the bench getting um, some fitness minutes in there as well. Um, great result for United after uh, a disappointing one against Newcastle um, over the weekend. Sixth place, 31 points, level with West Ham, game in hand on them, um, in prime position to compete for top four. Is that the goal right now, is to, to slip into that top four and potentially compete every week in the in the Champions League? Is that the goal? I mean, top four is the best they can shoot for at this point. I think their their next short term goal is is putting more balls in the back of the net like this, the three goal game here, because they have a they had one against Newcastle, one against Norwich, one against Palace. Um, they just got to start putting balls in the back of the net like City, start racking them up. Yeah, they're in that second tier of um, goal scoring teams right now with Arsenal, West Ham, and um, 
Leicester all in that 30 range where then the next tier is Chelsea with 43 and then the top you have City and Liverpool both with plus 50 goals um, so that's the difference here in the in the scoring categories but Burnley on the other hand didn't play a match in two weeks they are the team with the least amount of games played with 16 up to this point one win eight draws and seven defeats the only thing saving them is their defensive structure um, they've only given up 24 goals which is fairly decent but they've only scored 15 which is the second least only behind Norwich that have only scored eight um do you think Burnley's gonna be safe this year do you think it's another Sean Dice masterpiece of um staying up I would like to believe Sean Dice can keep this team up but if they do it's gonna come down to the last day in my opinion it can only it can only get so far with with these with a lopsided team heavy heavy defense little offense yeah, I mean the I think the first time in five years Burnley made an attack and signing and and it was Cornet and it was probably one of the best signings yeah. of the summer. I like that signing. Um, other than that, they always sign defenders, so they're really going to have to fix things up here um, when it comes to matches against similar competition. They're really going to have to earn their bread. Um, okay, so that re- that concludes the recap portion of the episode. We are at the. 29 minute mark here so very good timing here and we move on to the preview we have eight matches here to preview there are some matches included in this game week on this fantasy website we use but we won't preview those until next week's episode these are makeup games from covid um so we'll get to those next week so these the episode these games will be from um january 1st to january 3rd Okay, starting us off hot, probably the uh, debatably the biggest matchup of the weekend, Arsenal hosting Man City, Zach. Arsenal, once again, coming in hot form. Now they play a big team. Are they going to hold their own, or is it going to be Man City's 11th straight win? I'm just going to get rip the Band-Aid off City with the win. Yeah. Oh, I should say this. Evan did send me his picks. I just remembered as you said that. Um, Evan will be going with a draw. He believes the Gunners will hold their own here, and they will break the deadlock of a city green rampage. Um, I would just like to add, before you throw in your own pick, uh, the last five matches between these teams, Arsenal did not score one goal. Oh, my God. The last five times they played it. It was a 3-0 City dub, 3-0 City, 1-0 City, 1-0 City, 5-0 City were the last five fixtures. Well, Mikel Arteta will not be on the sidelines due to COVID-19, so uh, maybe he is the jinx um, Could in, be. in that scoreless run. And I think this is their best possible chance because the attack, the attacking flow of that team right now is looking phenomenal. They've figured out the Aubameyang situation. Um, they have good depth there on the bench. With guys like Pepe and Smithrow coming off there for Martinelli and Saka. Saka is on fire right now. Should be interesting matchup there, how they can contain Jack Cancelo from deep line playmaker roles. Um, but I, I have to go to Man City here. I, I don't see that um, stat changing as well. Okay. okay, we go with City, Arsenal, or excuse me, Evan is going with a draw. Next, we have Watford coming off an absolute abysmal match facing Tottenham Hotspurs, who also coming off a disappointing result um, for different reasons. Harry Kane has scored three in, in three games now. 
So he's back to his flying form. This is a fantastic matchup for him. Um, I'm taking Spurs by at least three. I'm taking Spurs as well. I don't know about how big the deficit will be. I think Dennis possibly gets another one in this game, but I'm also going to go with Spurs here. Yeah, not too many injuries right now here for Spurs. Probably similar lineup probably from them. Um, Watford still without most of their defenders. Um, Should be interesting to see how Antonio Conte bounces back after um, a disappointing draw with Southampton. Very close results in their uh, fixture history here as well. I think Tottenham by one or two. Yeah, Uh, Evan is also going with Tottenham here, so it's a clean sweep on that match. We move on, Crystal Palace hosting West Ham on the last match on Saturday, which is tomorrow as of recording. That's another close fixture history as well. West Ham sitting fifth in the league, Crystal Palace 11th win here for Palace, could jump them up to eighth, the highest they've been all year. Uh, A West Ham win puts them one point behind Arsenal, depending on how that matchup with Man City goes. Um, what are we thinking here, Zach? Is Crystal Palace going to continue on that 3-0 victory over Norwich? No Patrick Vieira again with COVID. I'm sure, I think Connor Gallagher is going to be out as well. I think he may have COVID as well. Um, but Wolf Zaha will be back after his, or was it a straight red, excuse me? Um, no, he'll be back. Yes, he'll be back. It was a double yellow. So he is back for this match. Uh, I am going to shoot for a draw in this one okay i think it'll be evenly contested uh both teams seem to match each other's strengths and weaknesses um that's pretty much all i have to add there i'm expecting a draw and looking at their their recent history between each other it's either a one goal game or a draw i think it'll be yet another close one here yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that midfield for West Ham or is gonna, or excuse me, for Crystal Palace is gonna create enough going forward against a very stingy West Ham back line and um, mainly those hoarding mids. Declan Rice is gonna be back after being rested. Um, yeah, he is back. It was just double yellow. Um, I don't know. It's very tough because I am god off. This is literally the worst matchup I could I could have this weekend because these are the two worst teams I have picking games. Um, well, a combined nine and 29, my record is with these two teams. Um, what do you got? My instant gut reaction was a draw as well, but, um, I don't see palace winning this game. I think it's a very low scoring. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the draw as well. Okay. Um, Evan will be going with a hammers victory. Um, he's going back with them after they, they cashed him in last week. All right, we move on to the Sunday window. We have four matches as of today. The We have a triple header at 9 o'clock. The first one being Brentford hosting Aston Villa. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to go with a Villa win here. I like their form. Um, I love the way they have Stevie G going. They get some rest after their game last week getting postponed. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with Villa. I am also going to choose Villa in this one. Mm-hmm. Um... What, do you, what have you been thinking of their attack so far under Stevie G? How he uses Ollie Watkins off to the side and um, Ings as a solo guy through the middle. I, I like the usage. I, I think it's very creative with what he's doing, um, utilizing those players' strengths going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I've always been a low-key Villa fan. I like their their roster every year. I think they have a lot of good potential. Yeah, and yeah. with Stevie G there, he's on, he's seemingly unlocking some of that. Yeah, and these guys played back in August um, earlier in the year. It was a one-one draw. Tooney and Buendia being the scores both early on in the game. Um, different side now, even though it's the same players for Villa, though, in my opinion. Um, and Evan as well goes with Aston Villa, so another triple sweep there in picks. Uh, this one is another stinker for me. Everton hosting Oof. Brighton. Both of these teams are just, I don't know, I, I hate Brighton. And Everton is a team that, even without all these players, there's going to be... Um, Dinier's questionable. Um, no no Townsend. Gray's questionable. Calvert-Lewin's questionable. No Richarlson. Like, they're coming in with barely anything. Um, and Brighton, no Lewis Dunk. He's the only one that won't be there um, with his hammy issue. But them going Should forward look god awful. I mean, Brighton's going to control the ball here. We know they're going to control possession. They're dominant on the possession end, where Everton's one of the worst teams when it comes to possession. They just can't hold the ball, um, whether it's they tr- whether it's because they try and, and fail or that's just the way Rafa is. He doesn't want much of the ball. He'll play counter. Whatever it is, I think Brighton's going to control the game here, and I think they're going to get a, like a 1-0 win. Yep, I'm back in the Seagulls, too. I got Brighton. Possibly uh, a late winner here. Yeah, Evan, Evan's going with a draw for this match, and I can totally see that as well. That's respectable. Um, I'm, I'm looking here if these guys played earlier in the season. Um, yeah, it was a 2-0 Everton win. 2-0 Everton. But that's that, when they that, were at full strength. Yeah, that was at the start of the year where Everton fires. Um, okay, we move on to the last 9 o'clock game, the triple header on Sunday. We have Leeds hosting Burnley. Leeds um, coming off one or two games being postponed. Um, playing Burnley now, coming off that 3-1 defeat to Man United. Uh, I'm going to go with Leeds here. I think Burnley, it's going to be a tightly contested game. I think there's going to be moments for both teams, but um, I think Rafinha is that guy. And even with a depleted Leeds attack, I think it's going to be better than Burnley with no Cornet. Yeah, I'm picking Leeds here as well. They have a good history against Burnley. I think they like playing uh, teams that sit back because it invites all the pressure that they can bring. So I'm I'm going with Leeds in this one. Yeah, the last time these guys played back in August, it was a one-one draw. Um, it saw most of the possession going Leeds way, sixty-four to thirty-six. Um, but the chances were shared, two to two to Leeds on target, three to Burnley. So it's going to be a very very low-scoring game if we had to go based off recent history. Uh, as well as there's no Nick Pope; he is out with COVID. That's a massive change. That is a big loss. Wayne Hennessy played in their last match as well. Um, Evan is going with another draw. He is draw okay. heavy this week. That is three for him. I like the draw pick for that one. Um, last, one leads, though. last two matches here of the week, the last Sunday match, Chelsea hosting Liverpool. Um, the fight for second, if you will. Um, it is. We already said these guys drew early in the year. Chelsea got a red card, um, played the whole second half with down a man. Um, so it was a lopsided kind of game. You couldn't really tell. Um, fully, which team was better? Um, I'm gonna ask your pick for a sec. What do you? What is your gut telling you here? I'm going with the draw in this one. Really? Yeah. Another draw. I'm sticking with my guns here. My gut feeling was a a draw. I think 
both teams will struggle to score against either struggle to score against each other or both will break through but neither side will have enough effort to get the much needed dub that both teams need i think it's going to be a tough draw for both of them yeah evan's going with a chelsea victory here even though we are heavy heavily depleted in the back line with injuries um angolo has been battling knee issues all year ankle issues he's kind of falling apart at times um kai havertz is a plus here he will be in there coming back from covid so that's a good sign um timo is questionable as well so we're going to need all the attacking options uh, possible um but i think i'm going to complete the picks here and i'm going to go with the liverpool win this is the first wow. this is the first time i'm going against chelsea all year every game i pick chelsea to win um hopefully for their sake and my bad picking i'm gonna go with liverpool for that chance but i generally do think liverpool are gonna win this game i think this the the drama around chelsea right now with all these injuries is really fatiguing us um the media shit doesn't help but i'm sure tuchel's good at fanning that shit out because he had to deal with neymar and mbappe um but yeah Klopp's coming into this game with a bit of heat too it'll be fun to watch yeah no andy robertson still dealing with that uh, three-match suspension. Um, but yeah, I think Mo Salah against Chelsea is set to have fireworks. Um, but yeah, I think Liverpool get the dub. Uh, finally, we close Man United hosting Wolves. Um, Man United, the last three games, get their own day uh, of playing. They, they get all the spotlight, all these Monday yep. and Thursday games. Um, I think right off the back, I'm going to come out strong here, and I'm going to pick a draw. Um I think Wolves are going to be very, very structured here. We've seen this the past six games. Um, very structured, limit their opportunities um, for their opponents, but the problem is they cannot create that much for themselves. Um, Traore is too worried about oiling his arms up instead of trying to create chances. Um, Jimenez is on and off. Huang Hee Chan is out still with hammy issues. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a low uh, a draw, whether it's 0-0 or 1-1. Yeah. I think Wolves usually come into the, the United game. At least uh, Nuno for Nuno's uh, Wolves team came into the this fixture with a well prepared uh, set of plans. But I think United gets this in a, a low scoring bout. I got United winning here. Yeah, that's exactly what happened back in August. These teams played. It was a one 0 win for yep. United. Mason Greenwood scored off of Varane assist. Um, and Evan is going like-minded like me, or likewise like me, with a draw here in the United right. Wolves game. So I understand. Some differing picks there. We had one game where we each had a different pick there in the Chelsea game, so our picks are pretty spread. Should be interesting to see how everything pans out. Um, we're at the 42-minute mark, so this is a nice little episode for you guys to digest, not like a normal hour episode we have. Um yeah, um, if you guys want, check out us on our socials at Post20Pod over on Instagram and Twitter. Um, all of our streaming platforms we have, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, if you guys like NFL football, gambling type of content, check out um, the NFL series going on every week we have with Evan and um, Jeremy and all the other guests that appear um that show's probably going to get interesting we got playoff season right around yeah, the corner we have playoffs coming up so it'll be interesting to see um what type of content they continue with whether it's the same or um they add something new so i'm interested to see that um but yeah other than that thank you guys so much for a great 2021 um we appreciate the consistent viewership and support you guys give on our socials and um just by listening 
Um, we really appreciate it. Hopefully you guys have a great 2022. Um, Zach, thanks for filling in for Evan. Really appreciate it. Um, no I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll be on here maybe one or two more times before you go back to school. Um, it'd be appreciated to see if, if you can keep up these picks. Um, but yeah, um, anything else you want to add before we close Zach? That's pretty much it. Yep. All right. Thank you guys so much. Um, happy new years. Uh, and here's to a better 2022. Come on, you seagulls. <laughs>